Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Welcome in. This is the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. I'm Ben George. She's Bree Reyes. She's an investor, coach, and certified financial planner at Estes Financial Services. And today I love our topic, Bree, because so many people fall behind in retirement planning and it's easy just to say, well, I'm never going to get there. But there are a lot of things and a lot of opportunities that can come later on in your working career that maybe you're not even thinking about. You mean humans procrastinate? Yeah, I think so, right? From time to time. Oh, wow, this is a totally new topic. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm super excited as a self-proclaimed procrastinator myself mm -hmm. on certain things. So we will we'll discuss. I'm excited about this one today. So we got some different opportunities, five opportunities to be exact for retirement's late bloomers. We also have a mailbag question a little bit later on. We'll get to know a little bit more about Bree as well. But Bree, what's going on? Anything new happening with you? Oh, yes. Actually, Joaquin and I, we, I don't know whether you call it a redo because we weren't redoing it, but we, um, we celebrated our first date again. We oh. tried to remember the outfits that we wore and we went to the first restaurant that we ever went to and we just kind of remembered 10 years ago what it was like when we first met. That's awesome. I can't. Did you remember your outfit? I, I feel bad. I now didn't that remember I my outfit. Okay. I don't remember what he was wearing either, but we pulled out the oldest clothes in our closet that still fit, basically. Is this the first time <laughs> remember, you've done that? It's been a decade and COVID has happened. Yeah. So, right. Well, so we're like, what if we own the longest that we can still squeeze our, <laughs> our, ourselves into? Is this the first time y'all have done that? Yeah, it is the first time we've done it. And it was a lot of fun. But what was most interesting is we were like, man, we sat there and we're like, what would we have told ourselves back then? Yeah. Um, like if we could go back to that date in time, what would we have told our younger versions of ourselves? And what planning? See, this is, I'm such a nerd. I'm sitting there like, what planning should we have done back then? Yeah. Like, and it was really, really interesting because we're both, um, this restaurant, what I didn't know about Joaquin that I now do know is that he is not a fan of mushrooms at all. Hmm. What he didn't know about me is I love them. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Just bring them to me. <laughs> so this restaurant has some very good stuffed mushrooms. And on our mm. first date, I ordered them. And then I was really disappointed because the cheese was terrible. I also didn't understand at the time that what I didn't know about him at the time either was he doesn't eat American cheese. So um, he scarfed two down or I guess swallowed them or whatever to be a good sport but quite frankly the, they were terrible and so today so this time around he's like we are not ordering the same meal i cannot pretend to like mushrooms for you again <laughs> like no it's okay, it's okay. so all this like, time you, know you thought that he he ate them because he liked them and he just now revealed yeah. that oh no no that. and well later on i figured out he didn't like mushrooms okay. and i figured out he didn't like american cheese and then this entire time i've been like but i thought you i thought those were amazing and he's like no and then i was thinking back on them and i realized that they tasted gross anyway and i was like what if we'd just been honest with each other that initial meeting right like what if we had pulled all the walls down 10 years ago well longer than that and had said i'm Joaquin, hate mushrooms and american cheese i'm brie i love mushrooms and all cheeses i'm named after one um <laughs> And had just not been trying to impress each other, what would we have been like? And so it was really kind of, it was really fascinating. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. But it was kind of the same thing as like when we were there 10 years ago, you know, we were 
more on a budget, more cost conscious. And now we can go back to the same restaurant and be like, oh, you know, yes, let's have an appetizer and entree dessert and, and beverages. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's interesting to revisit old times in your life when you may not have been maybe set up as well as you are now. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Well, it all worked out very well. So whatever you did the first time, uh, I think it was the right decision. So apparently made making him eat mushrooms. <laughs> Never again though. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that, Bree. Well, let's get into our, our conversation today on uh, opportunities for retirement's late bloomers. And, you know, it, you could be in a, a couple of different situations. You could be getting close to retirement and just not feel like you have enough. In that case, you probably need to sit down and do some planning. Or you could just be someone that just had a tough time through life that just didn't have the opportunity to save as much as you would have liked. And now you're kind of sweating it a little bit in terms of where you are for retirement. So, there are some opportunities out there. So we want to encourage you to kind of be aware of these, but also, you know, work with a financial planner like Bree to, to actually kind of go through some of these and maybe take advantage of them. Let's start off with catch-up contributions. I've heard about these, Bree, but um, you can explain a little bit more. As you get a little bit later in life, you have an opportunity to put more money into your retirement accounts? Yes. Yes. Catch-up contributions are amazing and wonderful. And it's not, you don't even need to be that old. It's 50, age 50. So okay. um, it used to be, you know, tell my 22 year old that 50 is not that old, but now tell my middle-aged self that 50 is perfectly young. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But that's the way I feel about it now. The catch-up contributions are a great way to add more money to either an IRA or if you're still working, a 401k or TSP, if you're a government employee, that you can add a little bit more money. It's an extra $1,000 to an IRA each year and an extra 6500 to your 401k, TSP, 403b, that kind of thing. So it's a great opportunity to potentially even save more, maybe reduce taxable income, maybe pay the tax on it now while the tax rates are low and, and have some Roth 401k or Roth TSP money there. But it's a wonderful and amazing way to kind of catch up from maybe those years that you weren't able to contribute as much because you were putting kids through school or just trying to build a nest egg of your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot of reasons why you aren't able to do that. But maybe here's a chance here to stash away a little bit more. So that's saving. How about let's talk about expenses, because obviously the expenses are a lot of the times the reason why we don't have that extra money to put away. Uh, the first one being, you know, your children. Uh, I don't like to look at them as an expense, Bree, right? But, you know, maybe your children will start to come off your payroll, so to speak. You don't have to pay for their car insurance or cell phone or health insurance bills as these kids uh, become adults and, and start a life of their own. Right. And as my parents will tell you, sometimes your kids will leave for a brief bit of time and then come home for a brief bit of time. It's happened <laughs> yep. in our house. The important thing to know is it's, it does affect your budget. Having extra people living in your house, be it your children, your parents even, can cause a, a strain on the grocery budget, causes strains different places. And then when those people have moved out or, or moved on or whatever the, the issue is, you may get an increase in your income. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, they come off, they technically do come off your payroll. Your re- expenses reduce. Uh, you're not buying as much food. You're not worrying about the health insurance to me is the, is the biggest expense that people go through in retirement. Health insurance is, is so, so expensive. And even people who have great plans, a lot of our government employees, they don't even know how great their plan is because it's subsidized by the federal government. And the cost comparatively to private insurance is wonderful. It's amazing. They're very, very fortunate. 
by carrying their children to 62 or 60 or 26, sorry, carrying their children to 26. I've not had enough coffee this morning. <laughs> um, it can and, and does drain into their budget a little bit. So if your kids get jobs, if they are covered on their own insurance, do not double cover them. You need that money. You're in retirement. Mm-hmm. If that's more that you can put away in your TSP or 401k, do it. If you're not maxing out, that's a great way to, to put some extra money away that you were already used to spend. Right. So think, keep that in mind. You might not be thinking about that as much, but you could have some money freed up uh, coming up here before too long. And, and another area too along that, like once those kind of monthly expenses start going away, along with that is a debt payment, right? I mean, hopefully you'll have some debt start disappearing where whether it be credit card bills or maybe your mortgage. Loans paid off. Loans uh, and all this stuff. Cars paid off, your mortgage paid off. Yes, as those bills disappear, we need to start funds for, well, for example, if you pay off your car, maybe some of that money goes into a fund for the next car because, believe it or not, they don't last as long as they used to. And then some of the money gets saved. It's always a, a new process. But most people think all or none. Hey, I stopped making this payment. Now I have this extra money to spend. No. Hey, you've stopped making this payment. Now you have some extra money to spend. You need to save some too. Yes. It's about, it's more, you have to be more disciplined if you've waited longer. Right. And that's hard. It's hard for people. And I get it. I'm guilty of some of these things too. Admittedly, I am not perfect. And as long as we acknowledge that we are not perfect, maybe, hey, we're maybe we're a little late to this party, but I'm happy you're here. And we just have to understand ourselves and be disciplined about it. It doesn't have to be all or none. It doesn't have to be let me make all my debt go away and let me put everything away. There needs to be a balancing act because if you are just working and working and working and not having any fun at all to have fun later, you're going to shorten your lifespan. So I am all about moderation in all things. Yeah, and I like your point about uh, discipline because these are opportunities, but you have to still be disciplined to take advantage of them, especially like when you have that extra money. It's very easy to say, okay, now I can go buy some things that I wanted to buy rather than, hey, let me put this away and start saving a little bit more towards my retirement. So the opportunities are there, but you have to be responsible with how you- Very much so. Very, very much so. All right. uh, Fourth one on our list is maybe the possibility of downsizing your home to create some opportunity there, whether it be to to lower your mortgage payment or maybe get rid of it altogether. Yeah, this one's been really hard this year because I've had a bunch of people that love the idea of downsizing their home and I'm not anti downsizing your home. Like I, for one, not a giant cleaner. I think everybody in my life knows that. My dad would tell you that my clothes spend more time on my couch than in my closet. He's probably right about that. I hate folding them. I don't mind doing the laundry. It's the folding of the laundry I don't necessarily care for all the time. And Nate hasn't learned to fold yet. So I get it. You don't want to clean. You don't want to have all the space and all the people and everybody's moved on with their own lives. The problem with downsizing right now, though, is that you can... We've had a very hot market here in DFW for a while. And you can sell your home at a premium. But then if you turn around to go purchase something, even something smaller, you're also buying it at a premium. So what some of our clients have done this past year is sold their home and are living in an apartment for a little while, letting the market cool off. And then they will buy when they feel like they're getting a better deal. Do I love that idea? Eh, You know, could there... 
a monthly rent check, be paying a mortgage where they'd be granting some equity? Yes. But at the same time, I don't want them to take a profit and just throw it in something else that's never going to, isn't a good situation either. So it depends on the time. It depends on the flexibility you have right now. But it does make a sense to either get a smaller mortgage payment, especially why interest rates are low, or pay something off maybe and live in something a little bit smaller. Just make sure you're, you're getting a good, in, good deal in it. Real estate's one of those investments. And, and I look at it as an investment that we become emotionally attached to. We become emotionally attached to our homes. It's my home. I love it. It's my safe space, my sanctuary. And when you walk into a new house and you're house shopping, sometimes that emotional attachment can get transferred and then you end up spending more money than you anticipated. Mm -hmm. So just go into it with a realistic budget if you're going to downsize of what you want to do and stick to it. All right. One last one on our list. Number five, the opportunity potentially in retirement, and it's all up to you how you want retirement to look. But many people are, are able to take advantage of maybe a twilight career, right? Your your current career might be finishing up, but doesn't mean you have to stop working altogether. And I think, Bree, this is a great time too now for anyone because you can literally work anywhere in many cases. So the opportunities are greater than they've ever been. I think COVID has taught a lot of employers that work from home is possible. And quite frankly, my husband, I think, gets more work done when he's working from home than when he's at the plant because of the fact that he works later. He has no problem helping me get Nate down to bed and then going back to the computer and working a little bit more. So that's one thing. The other thing is, is I have people in my life that I love dearly, but they, they are type A personalities. Some of them have been on this podcast before. Some of them I work with in my office. And they are not great retire. Dad would not be a great retiree. We go on vacation. We went on vacation for my 40th birthday this year. The my dad, my parents, one of my sisters, my husband, and I. And he is on the beach reading a finance book. <laughs> now, granted, I was doing the same thing, so I really can't throw a lot of shade <laughs> there. But like, I know that about myself. I I am willing to accept that about myself. I'm not pretending like I am anything different. Right. Dead pretense. Uh, my in-laws, same thing. They both retired. My mother-in-law is one of my heroes. She is amazing and wonderful. But when she retired, she retired from two jobs at once. She was a municipal judge here in Tarrant County. So she was a judge. And then she also was teaching legal ethics at a university. Law ethics. She would admit if she was on this podcast right now, she is bored to tears and looking to do something else. Yeah. She is not the type that wants to sit in a rocking chair somewhere. She does not garden. She does not. This is not her. And so we, she is, she's actively looking for a twilight career. Now, does she want the hours and all the stress that being a judge entails? Probably not, but I do know she wants to do something. I mean, she loves her grandkids. She is a great grandma. Don't get me wrong. She's fabulous, but she's not with both the kids every day. And so to her, she needs, she needs her time. And I don't blame her on that. So it's interesting. I'm seeing more and more people pick up twilight careers or pick up hobbies that could maybe bring in a little income if they wanted to, or even not, but just remaining active. And I think it's so important. I think remaining active is so important for your health, for your mental health and for your physical well-being. Yeah. And a lot of people just aren't wired that way where they can just shut it all off like like yourself and, and your father. Right. I mean, that's just how that's just who you are. So it's impossible. We are, we are not wired that way. And you know what? I'm not a lot of fun when you force me to do it. <laughs> I resent it. Yeah. 
So these are all some opportunities that could potentially be out there for you if you feel like you are behind. But I think, Bree, I think it's important to, to remind people if you do feel like you're behind, if you are worried about that, you need to be working with someone like a certified financial planner that can actually tell you whether or not you are or you should be worried and what you can do about it. Yes. And really, you need to be working with someone who is a CFP. You need to be working with somebody who knows what they're talking about. Because if you're afraid you don't have a lot of time, you probably don't. And the other thing is you want to make sure it's someone who has the background and the knowledge to help you. Mm -hmm. And while most financial advisors get a little training in this, they don't get anything as in-depth as a CFP. So it's just one of those things. Well, one of those things that can also help you out with your retirement is your retirement rescue toolkit, Bree, which we offer people that listen to the podcast. Yes, it's our ticking tax time bomb toolkit. Yes, the alliteration sometimes kills me. <laughs> it's awesome because what it is, is it talks about the financial flight plan book. And we've got one specifically for federal employees. So if you're a federal employee, let us know. We'll get you that one. But it it talks about seven lessons to save your retirement, which is great if you are maybe a little later to this party. Welcome. Join us. No judgment. <laughs> but how, how can we maximize what you've got? I don't like living in a coulda, woulda, shoulda world. I think we could do, we could all do that to ourselves on about a thousand different things. I'm all for the let the past go. Let's focus on the future. Let's be positive and let's focus. And that's really what I feel like that book, The Seven Lessons to Save Your Retirement, our financial flight plan book really does. That's the biggest, my, my favorite part of our toolkit. And the way you can get it is either emailing us at info at estesfinancial.net or calling the office 817-444-8402. Yep. And you'll find both those, con those contact uh, information at the top of the page of the website, estesfinancial.net. It's right there in the phone number and email in case you don't have the opportunity to write them down right now. Follow up on the website and get in touch. Take advantage of that. It's a free resource to use that can be very beneficial for you. Taxes can take a big hit. Uh, in, in the amount of money you're able to keep for yourself. So if you can limit that, you want to do so, and it'll help you in retirement. It's getting to know you time. Time now for getting to know Bree Reyes away from the office. Now, Bree, we all usually ask you questions that are more about, uh, you know, your lifestyle or your interests and your personality. But today we're going to kind of stick into the financial realm a little bit. Now, you've given us... You scared us enough in those, Bree. Now we're going to stick with the safe questions. Well, you've given us a lot of great advice, you know, through the podcast. I've done a lot of episodes so far. But let's flip this over. And I'm curious on what the best piece of financial advice you ever remember receiving. Oh, um, it wasn't a piece of financial advice. Yes, it, I guess it was a piece of advice. When I started working for Estes Financial Services, um, remember child labor laws, don't apply to your own children. Uh, my, my pay was um, contributed to a Roth IRA. Well, that's cool. And at the top part of my pay. Yeah. Like I said, dad and I are both everything within moderation type thing. Mm-hmm. But what I appreciate about that now is the fact that dad was setting me up for some taxed never again money at a very young age. So I, it really learning about the Roth and about the different tax brackets and how taxes work and the, the ability of bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, pay your taxes while you know what the tax rates are versus gambling that they're going to be lower later has been something that has revolutionized the way I think 
about money. And it's not something I would I learned from Raymond James when I worked there or my old partner and my old company. It was something that really dad emphasized. So I learned it from him. That's so cool. What are the requirements for opening up that Roth for anyone that, that has a child that maybe wants to kind of take that same I, approach? I had to have earned income. So okay. I had to be working somewhere. Okay. So as long as you have a job earning income, you can open up a Roth. This works very well if your children work for your business. Yeah. Yeah. That's and you we, can't have income over a certain amount, but I was a kid. And I, there's no way I was going to have income over a certain amount. So it right. worked out perfectly. Do you have different contribution limits if you're only earning, let's say, like $10,000 a year? Yeah. There's there's some contribution limits for Roths that, okay. um, that are different based off of how much you are potentially earning. I'm pulling that up right now because I can never remember. Yeah, if you're taxable, you can't contribute more than 6000 bucks or less if you're taxable compensation. So if you don't make 6000 you can't put 6000 in. Okay, gotcha. That, that makes sense. sense. Yep, that makes sense. Perfect. Well, that's very cool. Because I've thought about trying to do that for like my nephews before and even my daughter when she can eventually work. My net, But my one of my nephews got his first job not too long ago. So I was like, man, it'd be a pretty cool gift. He probably wouldn't appreciate it now. But, you know, give him a gift of, of a Roth and putting money in there and kind of letting him learn that way. So uh, it worked for you. So I might, I might look more into that for me. Well, so. does he work for you though? No, he does, does not. Does he work with you? <laughs> he does That's not. that, that makes it a little more difficult. Okay. Well, I can help him set it up right. And then. Yeah. You can totally help him set up though. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. I love that idea. I yeah. think that's a great, great gift. Great uncle gift. Awesome. It's time to open up the mailbag. All right, Bree, let's jump into our mailbag to close out the financial flight plan podcast today. We got a good question that came in from Elizabeth, who's listening to us in Arlington. She said, I have a pension fund from a previous job in a different state that's just been sitting there for years. I have the option to take a lump sum and invest the money myself. Should I do that or just leave it where it is and get a monthly pension when I retire? Oh, this is one of those cases that I always recommend. And I know everybody hates it when I say it depends. <laughs> The life is so gray area. I'd recommend going to talk with somebody and seeing if you could get a lump sum pension estimate payout and run a some type of seeing where the pension would be or how much you could how much you could take the lump sum and grow it conservatively safely till you're retired and then figure out a payout schedule from there. Because here's my problem with pensions. I, and most of them are really, really good, but some of them, I forget, did Mary or did Elizabeth say it was a, from a previous job? Okay. So we don't know if it's a federal job. We don't know right. if it's a state job. We know nothing about her previous job. I have seen pensions been frozen before um, with a lot of our airline employees. And so they only were get, they're now only getting a portion of what they thought they would get with their pension. I don't like necessarily love private employer pensions. So I, if I were you, I would be interested in getting a second opinion of, first of all, is this, you know, my pension says it could pay me this much income a month for the rest of my life. How much is that in today's dollars? That's a calculation. That's an easy calculation. Mm -hmm. Now, if I have this much in, in a lump sum, conservatively, with some growth, where could we get this account? How long would it take to get this account to equal that amount of money? Another calculation. Mm -hmm. And then you have to sit down and decide, are you willing to take the risk? Because there's risk both ways. There's risk leaving a pension in a pension fund. There is risk 
investing it yourself. There's risk in the market. There's risk in money markets. There's risk in bonds. There's risk everywhere. But you have to decide what you're most comfortable with and what works the best for your lifestyle. But it's certainly something if you have this option, not everybody has this option, go talk to somebody. This is an opportunity. Uh, I think that's great advice. And you know, a lot of calculations go into it. Just a reminder, you want to have a plan and a strategy for what you're doing. You don't just want to take a guess and then hope you're right down the road. Kind of know what you're getting yourself into. And it's good that you're thinking about these things now. Elizabeth, that's a great question to have for us. So we do appreciate it. If you do have questions for the show, you can send them in to us via the website, estesfinancial.net, or just give Bree a call directly at 817-444-8402. But Either way, I hopefully this, this episode has been a good reminder. As you always say, Bree, don't get hung up on the past, what you haven't done with your finances before. Take the opportunities that are in front of you and make the most of them. Yes, exactly. Go out and lead an abundant life. 